Alrighty, we're back for episode 70 on take three. Man. As we had a minor power outage, and I'm actually going to get a second backup recording voice memo going. Yeah, that's a good idea. We were about 35 minutes in. And we completely had a shit the bed scenario. We've actually never, this will be the first time we've lost a complete episode, or lost most of an episode. Yeah, 35 minutes in. Um, I'm joined by Josh. It is his first time recording, and... On a podcast. Well, second time now, after that. Technically. So if he sounds like he's really good at it, he has had a practice run. Yep, I was pretty nervous the first time, but look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> now that you know anything can go wrong at any time. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so this will probably be a shorter episode. I doubt we'll be able to recapture everything we just had discussed. We had gotten some really good stuff. I know. I'm bummed because I feel like all the Marvel talk was really good. Oh, I know. And but it did kind of segue away from what our original discussion was. So maybe yeah. it's better. Who knows? Well, honestly, the riff is like what most people say they enjoy about this show. Oh. Like, it's kind of like the reviews, the excuse to keep coming back. But the riff is what more people seem to enjoy. No, nah, not for me. I like it straight into the point. <laughs> You've come to the wrong place then. <laughs> um, yeah, so we talked um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, yep. Upcoming movie uh, just dropped. Getting real good critical reception. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our Nation's mo- Mother. Yes. Yeah. A24 production. A lot of um, foreign actors uh, getting some good representation there. It is in English, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it. Um, yeah. I just watched the trailer about, about an hour ago now. Um, it has got, or it looks like it's like a multiversal movie. Um, yep. we made a reference. Could to, be. It looks like this could be the start of something. Yes. Something new. Um, and we look, we made a reference to the Rick and Morty episode where you put on the goggles. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it shows you all of the other different versions of yourself. And then we've got a Michael Bay flick in Ambulance. That yeah. <laughs> It's uh, two, two dudes sitting in an ambulance with a bunch of explosions going around them. We don't really know what the plot is yet, but that should be revealed soon in Michael Bay fashion. Yes. Other than that, a police officer gets shot. They're in an ambulance, and it appears that Jake Gyllenhaal robs banks. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that that's like the first 12 minutes. I feel minutes. like we just recapped <laughs> everything that we lost. Yep. Um, that, that was about 15 minutes of the prior episode put into two. Yeah, y'all missed out. <laughs> what a dagger. Um, oh, we had talked about, you're looking forward to, uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I am. Big, big Harry Potter guy. I know that's a little bit controversial with, uh, Fantastic Beasts. People don't think it's that good. And I don't, it's definitely not as good as the first Harry Potters, but you know, it's not awful either. Right. I kind of like the expanding knowledge of what it what it adds more than the actual watching it. Right. And like Newt, you got to admit Newt's commander is very unlikable as a protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the worst. <laughs> um, Oh, uh, Ezra Miller. We were talking about, Oh yeah. He's getting, he's getting some trouble lately. He's been suspended from all Warner brothers projects. Um, they, they'll probably, I'm, this movie was already going to have a tough time because they're pivoting away from Newt Scamander and pivoting towards Jude Law's. Is that what? Dumbledore. Oh, it's Dumbledore. Yeah. So they're just basically going to drop Newt Scamander after this, or like reference them maybe a little bit down the line. But. I think so. Um, but now we're also going to get like the sub arc of Ezra Miller's character. Mm, not anymore. Getting dropped probably. 
from a like storytelling perspective, I imagine that doesn't do any favors for this movie. That was probably already yeah, hurting. He he was already that character could have been let go at any point. He's not really he he somehow is very concrete and foundational to the movie, but also one that I, as an audience like I, I don't think care if, about him. That I much. think if you pulled the plug on Ezra Miller's character, I couldn't I wouldn't remember that he was in the early ones. Exactly, yeah, it's very um, forgettable. Or I mean, honestly, it worked out in their favor that they made um, Johnny Depp's character, Grindelwald. Um, R.I.P. Johnny Depp. They recast him as Mads Mikkelsen because we already had, like, in the early, the first movie, he was using Polyjuice Potion. Mm-hmm. So it's a real easy recast. Kind of could do the same thing with Ezra Miller by just saying, oh, yeah. yeah but you already done it once, you know. It, it's kind of, if you don't want that necessarily be a theme. <laughs> I know, yeah. But it's, and they, they should probably pick uh, hire a new casting director as well. Yes. Yeah. Keep them out of some liability. I, yeah, I just, I don't know how you come away from having to recast like two characters slash <laughs> suspending one character, recasting another. Like, it's just all bad. The world's against them um, in this movie. Yeah, the hits keep rolling. <laughs> um, let's see. We talked Halo uh, series is... Most people think it's pretty decent. Um, a lot of people who love the video games, read the books, are a little upset that it's not staying closer to the source material. Um, definitely seems like the producers are having are putting their signature on it. Um, Moon Knight, we've seen the first episode. You haven't watched it I yet. have not, no. Uh, but it's setting itself up to be really, really good. Very interested in watching them. Can't wait to tune in. Um Sonic 2 looks fun. Nope. Um, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> looks really dumb. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of news on here, but I'll wait. we'll wait until Q can come back to cover a lot of it since it is his news stuff. Um, let's see. Oh, did you explain why Q is out? Oh, yeah. Q's doing his taxes. Yeah, he doesn't want to be charged with tax evasion he gets to uh go on vacation so he can't do them later this week yeah hard life just a tough scene all around yeah. whatever will those beaches do who knows um and we talked about batman we did bit. talk batman uh which you enjoyed i enjoyed um thoroughly enjoyed best one best one yet and we were kind of talk- hitting on what we hit on this so often on this show is shitting on Warner Brothers or uh, DC, ba- I mean, DC's live action yeah, movies. They're, they're pretty bad. Um, I think Dark Knight Rises Returns Rises Rises was very underappreciated at the time and I think people are coming back around I thought, on it. I thought it was pretty well received. It, I mean, people were comparing it to the Heath Ledger performance where that how that ended can you beat it? There was a lot of expectations for that movie and I thought I thought it delivered. Yes. I, yeah, I think it was a great film. I think a lot of people at the time, if you look at what the audience score was doing, it was pretty much, it's not Heath Ledger, yeah, was like the course. general consensus. And <laughs> it's, it's like, it's well, not, he's dead. You're factually, yeah, you're factually correct. It doesn't mean that this movie is a 73. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bad thing to compare it to. Exactly. Um, Benchmark needs to be a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, but that that was a lot of fun. We got a very different take on Batman, the detective. Um, the detective. You got the penguin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we got to see a lot of Batman's rogues gallery without in like a new light. His rogue, uh, what do you mean rogues gallery? Rogues gallery is is your vil- stable of villains. Like Spider-Man's rogues gallery is like Doc Ock, the oh, Scorpion, Shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staples. Mm-hmm. Kind of his Sinister Six all falls in that category. Yeah, I and mean, we haven't, I mean, we haven't seen the Riddler since Jim Carrey, which that was and a little bit ridiculous, that performance, but. To get this like Reddit troll, like. Yeah. Unabomber. The way the way the, the, the way they spun it to reflect the modern world was really good. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main reasons I enjoyed it so much. Um, apologies if you can hear the sirens. Some shit seems to be going on yeah. down outside. Watch ambulance when it comes out. Yes, just Michael Bay advertising. Cut the check. Yep. <laughs> um, what else did we cover? We talked Marvel. We talked. Um, how a lot of the directors are just kind of given free range, whereas Warner Brothers is a little more heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, Marvel's pretty well-established. They're not going anywhere. If they mess up a movie or two, then you know, everybody will just forget about it. Did you see Eternals, speaking of? I did. What did you think about that? I thought it was shit. I really didn't like it at all. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was long, drawn out. There was too many new characters in one movie to even care about one. And then... The one that I really wanted to see, Jon Snow, uh, or what's his was movie? in it for like ten minutes. Yeah, it was it was dumb. It was just a little tease to, to prop up his movie coming out, and mm-hmm. then uh, but that's all I really wanted out of this. So they should have just made that movie first, right? Yeah, it was it was kind of a letdown. I'm looking. F- it's one of those where I very much am like looking forward to see where it goes, but mm-hmm. boy, did they under deliver on that. I mean, I don't know one. what they can even do next. Like there's, they didn't really set much up. It's going to have like a whole lot of guardians of the galaxy tie-ins, man. That's going to be fun again. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Fox is an eternal. He's Thanos's brother. Um, charismatic, likable, right, but yeah. equally as twisted as Thanos is. Mm-hmm. Um, styles. Yes, and so it'll be interesting to see where they take that. I character. do, I do want to keep watching that mainly for Harry Styles, not because I'm a huge fan, but I just want to see what this singer, who's never really acted before, is going to be able to do. The director, there's like an interview where they're talking about Harry Styles getting the part, and the director didn't know he was a singer or something. What? Yeah, like he <laughs> he came in and read for the lines and was like, "I like that kid." And he's like, "Oh well, he's already pretty famous." And the director's cut apparently was kind of like. Well, what's he been in? He's like, no, no. Oh, no. Boy band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's like very much, I think I remember that story correctly because we talked about no, it on the show. I, be- I believe it. Yeah. If, if you want to get the better version of that story, go back and listen to our Eternals episode because I knew it better when I, I'll have, when I'll it was news. I'll have to that a listen as well. Um, just some dead air while we both take a swig. Yeah. White Claw. Um, lot to look forward to, though, in upcoming movies. Um, did you see Morbius by any chance? No, but I have been watching a lot of the trailers over the for some reason. I don't know why it just happened to be this week, but yeah, this week. And it looks pretty good. I'm, I actually do want to go see it. I can't. Me and Q roasted it. Really? In our review last week. Oh, no. Why'd you tell me? <laughs> oh, because I, I now want to see what you... Uh... Well, now I'm going to come in with a completely different attitude. Mm-hmm. It it has a lot of plot holes. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's a fun movie. They didn't uh, like, do Vampire well? They didn't do Vampire well. Okay. Um, there's no blood in it either. Well, that's because he drank it. 
<laughs> you you're going you're not going to be able to unsee the no blood comment when you watch it. Oh, frig. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Those are the only two things I'm going to give you on that one. Damn it. Might as well just wait. For, or, what, is it streaming? Is it streaming at the same time? No, they're not doing a um Is it just theater? It's the just theaters release? right now. Yeah. Um I actually do recommend going and seeing it. I it was fun. Man, you talked it up so much. <laughs> it it was fun, but it was like objectively it had some some pitfalls. Yeah, some critical errors. Yeah. Um, Fatal error. You know what it was? Is It's a great movie to, like, if it came on FX Man, it, in like a couple a, of years. Like to hung over on Sunday, lay on the couch in the complete dark. Yeah, yeah. and only kind of pay attention to it. Like, man, that, that, that's how I love Fast and Furious. That's how mm-hmm. I discovered those. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wait, the new there's a new Fast and Furious movie coming out. Yeah. Uh, it, what is it? It looks great. It actually, I'm very excited to go see this. I think it'll be the first one that I've seen in theaters, except for the one that you took us to back whenever we were college students in Auburn. Did I make us all go watch one in theaters? Or was it Transformers? Oh, that was Transformers yeah, um, the, Four: the Age ball. of Apocalypse. Oh, and Trey got up and I was left. So angry. <laughs> I almost did too. It was ridiculous. That was. Luckily, uh, I was drunk. That was honestly one of the worst movies I've ever like. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I feel bad having made people go watch that. Your reputation took a hit that day. <laughs> it it was a tough scene. It was a very tough scene. I don't scene. think we ever did anything that you ever recommended ever again. Yeah, from a movie but perspective. But I am on the show after <laughs> you asked me, so I guess that's not true. It Yeah, that it, that damaged my movie recommendations. Yeah. Scrat became known. Oh, also I called Andrew Gibby by, by the name Scrat. This is a college name. Yep. And I refused to change. Um, it got a twenty-three, and wow, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I use MovieRankings.net. I trust its rankings a little bit better. So, tr- original Transformers got a seventy-nine. Bumblebee got a seventy-eight. Um, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen got a thirty-seven. What? Which one was the knight? The one with the knights. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> Age of Extinction, the fourth one, got a 23. Great product placement, though, in that one. Dark of the Moon got a 12. And The Last Night got a 2. I don't know if I've seen these all even. The, I didn't know there were that many. The Last Night, I actually... You know, but I actually enjoyed The Last... I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, The Last it Night... wasn't bad. <laughs> ...was way better than Revenge of the Fallen to me. I don't agree with their rankings on this one. Yeah, I don't like... I hated Revenge of the Fallen. Um, I was excited for it after Michael Bay's first one. That's when I first discovered Michael Bay. Yes. I don't even know many other movies he's done. And I actually really enjoyed Angels. Dark of the Moon, uh, the third one. The third one. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I, it was pretty good. Yeah, it had like that dark twist where third it had... Third movies are always are, are hard to do. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good for what it was. It... Um... After the third one, Steven Spielberg apparently approached Michael Bay and said, dude, just stop making these. Should have uh, listened. <laughs> and Michael Bay basically was like, I, and told him, I know I should, but they're a lot of fun and they make a lot of money. <laughs> hey, man. When, when you love what you do, he, you never get a word. Yeah, he truly just was like, for the love of the game, was just like, <laughs> let's blow some shit up. Revenge of the Fallen, though, famously, at the time it came out, had the most explosives uh, blown up on set. For a single shot. Kind of like the Hobbit's most fake feet. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings with the ears. <laughs> um, yeah, it had the mo- or just the largest onset explosion. Wow. And it was a little underwhelming. Man. Um, I, you know, I think the issue with like having that claim to fame 
is that you have CGI explosions that look just as good. Yeah. And you just it just doesn't come through quite as well. Maybe that's where they got a sound bite though. They had to do at least one. Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely got asses in seats because people wanted to see you know, okay, you know, I enjoyed the first one and this one apparently has the biggest explosion ever yeah, on. Yeah, but you also had Megan Fox in the first mm-hmm. two. Um Yeah, though her replacement in the third one was, was smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um and then if you want to go, we were talking about Ambulance earlier, and we talked about Six Underground opens with, like, a 27-minute car chase. You know, that is very un-Michael Bay. I didn't see one hot girl in that what? In the trailer. Or maybe I missed it. In, it was. Oh, Ambulance? Ambulance? Yeah, there was, there, was no, oh, there was no sex appeal. Let me... Or was there? Maybe I watched the wrong trailer. Um, Let me pull up the... It's got Eliza Gonzalez in it, who was in Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. She's the nurse in the ambulance. Yeah, she's a cutie. Um, the new Lightyear's coming out. I lost my train of thought. Like Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear. Oh, have no you way. seen that trailer? No. Uh, it's catching some flack because apparently it's got the first gay couple in a kid's movie kissing Ooh. on screen oh. or something. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, otherwise, like, it looks way better than any, like, Buzz Lightyear movie has any business looking um is it it's not live action is it no okay. no no it's animated chris, i didn't know they're following the disney trend to make these cartoons live action or not um chris evans is playing buzz lightyear or voicing him huh. um That's an interesting one the, what, what happened to tim allen um tim allen's just a rat bastard who rolled on all his friends mm-hmm. for cocaine back in the 90s and everybody forgets it well r.i.p tim allen <laughs> I'll Actually, <laughs> I enjoy Tim Allen. I feel like he. Yeah, I watch him every Christmas. He's great. Uh, did you ever watch Last Man Standing? Last Man? No. What is that? It's. Oh, wait. TV. Is yeah, it a TV show? it's a TV show. It's like Home Improvement, too. Yeah, yeah. No, oh. no. I was thinking of Home Improvement. Yeah, Home Improvement was the young one. Last Man Standing is a much no, more I recent show. I haven't seen Last Man Standing then. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy that one. Um, But, like, they recast, like, a number of his. He's got like three, two or three daughters in it, and they recast them at different times in the show. So oh, it just like God. it loses its train of thought. Dude. <laughs> it's their turn, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So Morbius, bad. Um, now I'll definitely not see it. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get into the main event? This will wind up just being a sh- just wind up having to be a shorter episode. How far thing. Are we in? Twenty minutes. Uh, yeah. Good time. Yeah. Um, so, we are covering the first couple episodes of The Foundation um, up to the time skip. Um, so, if you have not watched up to that point... And you don't know that there's a time skip. Yeah. Um, there is. <laughs> there is. Uh, well, so, did you ever read The Foundation? No, but I've heard the books are very different. Yes. The books cover, like, 5,000 years. And the second book jumps you ahead in time again. Really? Um yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, so, do, I, does they, do they ever get back into? Actually, wh- why don't we just give the summary? Yeah, <laughs> so uh, people let, know what we're talking about. Yeah, let's start with a spoiler-free. Um, the show revolves around Harry Seldon, who uses um, psychohistory, which is like a mathematical equation, to predict what mass groups of people. Yeah, you have these massive models do. that you can build with all this data from all the people living on Earth, and you're able to predict based on what you know already what's going to happen in the future. It's kind of 
when we get true quantum computing, it's kind of the escalation from what we have today in like marketing software. Sure, yeah. Um, once you have the processing power to review that size of data, we'll kind of not be far away from computer models that can do this. Yeah, absolutely. With, this, is, this is what Facebook is could turn into. Meta. Meta could. In, Meta oh, did you see Meta into. now has a Coca-Cola partner with Meta and has a drink you can try in Meta. I don't know what that means because you can't... You can't taste it. So I, you, right. they just branded. They just slapped a label on it. I guess so. I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe maybe the, you will be able to taste it in the future. Maybe that's why they needed Coke. Because um, everybody hates Pepsi. <laughs> Did you, So do you know... So what I find interesting about this is you watch Dune, right? I have seen Dune, yes. So, I've tried to read the book. I'm, I'm like 20 pages in. It's really interesting to me that both Isaac Asimov and Frank Herbert, who are kind of similar eras of writing. Isaac Asimov wrote... The Foundation. Foundation. And Frank Herbert wrote Dune. And both of them steer away from aliens in their works while having these broad sweeping... uh, In in the book, there's no aliens? They both steer pretty far away from them. um, And there's no robots. Both of them kind of steer... Except for the robot race that is in the Foundation. Yes, but they are. There's like a ban against robots. Oh yeah, she's they, like the last. She's like one of the last survivors, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let me rephrase that. Then is that both of them in the current era of the story have steered civilization has steered away from using computers and robots as much as yeah. possible. It's very very Stone Age esque, but also very modern. Yes, because they have time travel or not time travel, but they can warp speed through the space exactly and it's more like a lot of these stories have things like they've got these engineers whose bodies have been warped by traveling at light speed and takes a toll right um and it's interesting how similar the like thematic beats are but i think it really was brilliant by these two authors and what made them timeless is they were like science fiction and technology today is so rapidly evolving that if we can eliminate a lot of the guesswork, yeah. our works will be more timeless. Yeah. Um, History repeats itself almost. Exactly. Time's a flat circle. Yeah. The, but this all centers around a galactic empire that's crumbling, and like the galactic empire twelve thousand years in, led by the clones of Cleon the first. Yes. And Cleon cloned himself three. To, or there's three iterations. Iterations. Alive of, at one time. Yep. There's the there's dawn, there's dusk, and there's dawn d- dawn day and dusk. Dawn day and dusk. Thank you. Yeah. Um, dawn's always a child. Day is yep. basically as they grow and they age, they phase out into yes. the next iteration. When dust dies, he becomes darkness. Yes. And day is the supreme of them. He's their he's their leader with absolute power. Yes. The the middle one, and he and, relies on the guidance of dusk of dust while teaching de- uh dawn yes um did you follow all that <laughs> <laughs> well that's just the empire <laughs> yeah and one of the things that they reference in the book and it's very similar warhammer 40k pulls from this um and it's like whole planets die off due to rounding errors because supplies just aren't sent out to them like there's so they're spread too thin. Yeah, it's so huge. It's like the fall of the Roman Empire, where yeah. the Roman Empire then had four like tetrarchies um, in order to try and cover the 
and govern the mass that it had become that then led to the various falls of it. Mm. I think there's a lot of parallels between this uh, great galactic empire and the fall of the Roman Empire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're copying a lot of elements from that time. Christianity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's three of these Cleons. So that resembles what the you know Holy Trinity is. The yes. Father, Son, Ghost. And then also the Roman Empire and the effect that it had on all of its very far out, very far reaching territories. Yes. And I'll for one, will you know, spoiler free, this show is visually stunning. Masterfully done. Masterfully done. It is probably one of the hardest things I've seen a show try and tackle. You've got a storyline that spans like 5,000 years and the first book jumps through like the first thousand years. It only spends like two chapters at a time on any given era, and it jumps several hundred years at a time. And the fact that they're able to so far successfully adapt it is applause worthy in of itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going into it. I feel like the added benefit of not reading the book with nothing to compare it to. And it's just a great show by its own with not having any knowledge. Right. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's got a long way to go. You know, there's a whole lot left to cover. If you've seen Westworld, it's very Westworld-esque with the timeline. Yes. Um, I think anything you want to hit that's spoiler-free before jumping into it? Um, I feel like there's, we talked about the Empire. There's two more characters, Gale and... Um, Harry Seldon? Harry Seldon, yes, that probably need to be touched on first yeah um yeah harry selden is the inventor of psychohistory that's Mm -hmm. predicting the fall of this great empire and gale is like the only person as smart as him gale is a character that's introduced in the very beginning that we don't have an origin story for yet Mm -hmm. and we're just kind of following her along as she becomes one of the main characters yes and she lives on oh um you're right um i was thinking of Are you thinking about the young girl or the girl on Terminus? I'm thinking about the girl that goes to Terminus. The girl that goes to Terminus is... Gale. Gale, And then yes. there's the other one that's the warden. I forgot her name. Yes, okay. I, I was trying to make sure we weren't mixing up the warden and Gale. No. Um, yeah, she... I'm dumb. I just Gale typed in the wrong thing. Gale was on a water planet? Yes. That yeah. has a religion that predicts is like very anti-technological. They're, they... As the seawater rises on their planet that she predicted it would, um, they are becoming more and more religious, relying on religion to save them from this catastrophe. And so mm-hmm. they started burning universities. They started burning books, uh, very migrating very far away from science that they think has probably led to some of this by it failing. And so yes. they're persecuting and murdering uh, all of the, the scholars. Yeah. And... Kind of heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember the name of the planet, though. I can't either. Trantar is the capital planet. Trantar is the capital. Uh, but Tran- yeah. Trantar is a big, massive planet that has outstretched its ability to expand on the surface, and they have started going subterranean and up into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, so they, um, Gale wins this, like, mathematics competition, and Harry Seldon inv- invites her to Trantar, and the day that she arrives in Trantar, I, we're in this. We're just jumping into the spoiler section at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, the day before, Harry Seldon sits her down. And he goes, 
all right, congratulations for this internship. We're both getting arrested and potentially executed tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she's thrown into it as soon as she arrives. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a number of people look at Harry Seldon and his math as... A prophet. Yes. Or a false prophet. Yes. And the governance of Don, Dusk, and Day... It challenges them. It does. And they want Harry Seldon to be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but his public execution would be a little too, like, it would... On the nose. Yeah. Too many people would riot and that sort of thing. Exactly. They don't want, they don't want to make him a martyr. Exactly. And Gale, ironically, after being brought to Trantar, is the only one who can double-check his math and prove whether or not he's right. Yep. Apparently there's not that many smart people out there. Or at right. least at this level. And so, Gale is the only one that can do it. And so, they kind of use her in a way to exile Harry. Or they, they, they set her up to like back out or to like defame him or, or kind of ruin his reputation. And she doesn't. She says that the that the math is correct and that civilization is going to start declining and end. And end in a period of what was it, thirty thousand years? Yeah, it's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, thirty thousand years of darkness, sorry. Yes. And they'll um what Harry's argument is is that they cannot stop it. They can only mitigate it at this point. They can they can shorten it. Yeah, kind of feels like climate change at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's like, hey guys, we're fucked, <laughs> but we can make sure it's not apocalyptic. Yeah, but it could be you know twenty thousand years less long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's what Harry Seldon's whole plan kind of is, is to. Let's make this encyclopedia. And from the beginning, Harry, Harry Seldon seems almost omniscient, as if he knows everything that's going to happen. Even though uh, psych- psychohistory is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Even though psychohistory can't uh, predict what individuals are going to do because the sample size is too small, they can produce what or predict what the masses are going to do and where civilization is headed. What I would make the argument though, though, of is a guy who invented this entire mathematical architecture is probably smart enough to go, you know what, if I piss off this powerful guy, he's probably going to arrest me. Well, the, the, he said that during his trial. He he knew that he shouldn't, but he knew that he had an obligation, a moral obligation to slow it or to warn people about it. To soften the blow, I think, was the direct quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he has a moral—there's a moral uh, capacity to, even though it does not benefit him, and it's mainly to his detriment— to proceed forward. Yeah. Yeah. And because he has the predictive models, he knows that it's going to happen regardless. Right. So. Um, and ironically, they s- send the um, Harry and a team to Terminus um, is kind of what the plan becomes. Um, yes. Which is Terminus is where the, the Empire, the three people, uh, Dawn, Day, and Dusk, decide to exile them. Yes. And it is a very inhospitable planet. And it was his plan the whole time. Yep. Isn't he from... Is he from Terminus? No, I don't think there's anybody, like, naturally from Terminus. Okay. Um, and what's interesting about the show is they bring in... There's this political upheaval and revolution, and we're actually getting to see some of the fall of the Empire mm-hmm. as these people blow up the space bridge. Yeah, and th- things are looking good for the Empire right now. They're in a... just. Society is starting to push back after 12,000 years. Yeah, you don't get any of that in the books. Hmm. Um, 
from that trial in the books, you jump straight to like 250 years in the future, and all of the characters from the first two chapters are dead and gone. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so in the show, which is very different from the books, the more I'm learning about them, um, you, we only jump 35 years into the future after the after is it the second episode? Yes. Okay. And so it's very short time frame from our perspective because right. the whole show is kind of being told from the future's perspective. And we are getting to see how every, everything came to this junction point of where we're at. Right. Well, you'll see that at the end of season one. Yeah. And it's accelerate. Like they're basically, I think the show is shortening the timeline and accelerating things. Yeah. So that it line. feels more cohesive. And the, we're, whenever you watch it, we're on what you assume is one timeline from the perspective of Gale. Yes. And, you assume that also the same timeline is happening for the warden. Yes. Um, well, so I think that, I think the warden's occurring, like Gail's timeline's happening here, and then the warden's 35, 40 years in the future. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you're saying? No, it is. I just didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> oh. Can we get in spoilers? Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, we okay. were in, I said we were in spoilers a couple minutes ago. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, you're well, good. But outside of episode one and two, since that's all we're covering today. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. We'll get into more of that later because um, we'll continue and finish up this series on a Patreon. Um, but this show has been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Um, it's visually, God, it's a gorgeously shot show. It really is. It's stunningly beautiful. I mean, most of it is CGI. It's mm-hmm. mainly in space. So I think they're doing a lot of practical with CGI touch up which always looks so much better than, like, hard CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it feels pretty real right. for, for what it is, a sci-fi show. Things feel very physical. Yeah. It do, You know, it doesn't have that, like, oh, they're kind of not, like, they're not walking as fast as the floor is moving, bad CGI. Everything that's happening is very, very imaginable. You can see this happening within the next thousand years. Yes. Like, um, like you, I mean, there are no aliens in the show, so. Mm-mm. Yeah, and we just go out. Apparently, humans have moved forward some massive amount of time and have colonized the galaxy. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's like, as the books progress, I really hope we get into like the second book. Uh, has this creature called the Mule, which is a person, just evolved very strangely. Um, they showed a, actually no, they did show some sort of alien creature during a simulation. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that was in the first two episodes. It is, I think. It's the simulator yeah, before yeah. they head to Terminus. Yeah, because um, they're they seem any action they take seems to end in disastrous. Yes, disastrous results. And I think, I guess, let me revise the statement: is like there's definitely some aliens in the Duneverse and the um, in Asimov's universes. But they tend to be like flora and biology. They're not. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just like it's not aliens that are like sentient. Beings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sentient. It's more so animals that have evolved differently on it, these certain planets that right. they have at, on Earth or anything that we're used to because we, they're not on Earth. Right. And yeah, so they 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 do. I'll take back that there are no aliens, but they are tim- typically tend to be like. Yeah, it's more like undiscovered species here on Earth than it is more like an alien from outer space right it's what would a werewolf look like if a planet was all rocks yeah and exactly 
Yeah. Yeah, they they're creatures of their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch up on with this one? Uh yeah. The null field and the um, Yes. What what's it called? The vault. The vault. Yes. Yeah. So they're in the very first I think one of the very first scenes we come across this giant um triangular diamond shaped vessel that hovers on a hill just outside the city on you got to look that up what planet are they living on they're on terminus the vault's on terminus Terminus. okay yeah Yeah. you're right so they're on terminus and they just they don't discover this this vault has been there before they got there yes and there's these kids that walk up to it and they try to get as close as they can they can to it uh, and plant a flag in the ground. Mm-hmm. And the kid takes maybe ten steps and passes out. He can't get close to it because something knocks him unconscious from it. It's this little like field, this energy field that it projects just at, totally it makes you nauseous. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's when little the do they in. know I'm completely with the amount that I drink that I've uh, <laughs> that's that's I'm every well, weekend. Yeah, I'm well adjusted. I'll make it pretty high <laughs> up hey, that we, pyramid. We, we bring the null field. <laughs> Bring the null field. <laughs> we are the null field. About to go to a bar and make myself a new null field. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's this mysterious giant floating vessel out there. Nobody knows what it is or what it does. They assume it has to do with uh, with Henry. Henry. Harry Seldon. Harry, thank you, Harry Seldon. But they're not necessarily sure if it's friendly, if it's foe. They just have no clue what it, it is. It just exists no, with them. It's just out there. And yeah, that's and, pretty much it. And we know so far about it. Yeah, in those first two episodes, we've learned nothing about it really, no. um, except for that the null field is expanding. Yes, the null field's expanding. Um, Which could, you know, the the town's not super far away from it, so it could expand to the town. They don't really know. Could be really bad very could, quickly. Could be worrisome. Mm-hmm. Smells like a like something that could tr- cause trouble later on. Like the plot thickens. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, also the, I forgot what the two races were that are at odds with each other. That's kind of what the whole show, that's like where yes. the show's heading. Like it, it's the central point of the conflict. That leads to kind of the downfall of the galactic empire. Yeah. It is, I'm not going to get it right. Even if I guess, honestly, yeah, I wouldn't either. um, yeah, they, they are kind of the early inklings that the, that civilization is collapsing around us. Yeah, it's, it's these two cultures at war. They're both human races, but, I mean, they, they look different. and mm-hmm. They've that, got distinct features. And they're out, like, in the outer rim, whatever the Star Wars equivalent to whatever mm-hmm. this universe The far is. reaches. The far reaches, yeah. I think that's what they called it. And uh, uh, they're, they're out there, and they kill one of the peacekeepers from the Empire. And so the Empire se- steps in. Pulls in both goes, of their Hey, 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 we don't care if y'all fight, but you hurt one of all, one of our peacekeepers. Yep, exactly. And so now dad's stepping in and the kids are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Time to open up a can of whoop-ass. Yeah, yeah. And they, in a dramatic display of power on Empire's end, they, uh, they end up killing them both, or killing all of their... They massacre a lot of them. They kill all of the party parties that are with the two representatives that come to represent this nation from the empire mm-hmm. and then i think they destroy the planets they um they bombard he, them he from did the sky. little finger twist at the very end of episode two so they don't actually destroy the whole planet and we learned this in those early episodes 
actually that we find in like after the time yeah, skip. I think, I think at this point we are under the impression but that the planet's destroyed. The fact that well, their planets aren't destroyed, but like eighty yeah, percent of life man, is wiped yeah, out. Yeah, so a huge war fleet flew up to the planets, and then the uh, day empire twists his fingers with mm-hmm. he sticks up two fingers and twists his wrist as his confirmation to go ahead and unleash hell on these two bring planets. the fucking rain two massive fleets outside both planets just open open fire guns mm-hmm. blazing just destroy everything that they can possibly shoot yep um yeah it's it that's a real cool scene it really is yeah that's that's where the cgi comes in that's well done yes it there are now like video games that look like real life and this kind of has that feel to it. Like, it yeah. you can tell it's CGI in the back of your brain because you're like, obviously, this is not real, but it is but you so feel it. it's very visceral. High, yeah, it's, it's so high quality. It yeah. has weight to it where you're like, and that's also due to the just the phenomenal writing on these two characters, or on imp, not Empire, but what the writing for Empire, yes. the way that he's able to manipulate these people and just completely pull the rugs out from under them. Yes, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's basically your first two episodes of any show, though. Mm-hmm. You don't really know. A lot of set quite, piece building. Yeah, exactly. Character development. You don't quite know, know what's going on, but it's very entertaining. The chessboard's set, and all the opening moves are made, and it's just got to unravel at that point. No, no. There's, there's a lot of uh, attacks coming from both ends that could prove prove out to be well, well thought out. Mm-hmm. Well, that covers everything I want to hit on this one. You got anything else? No, I think I think that's about it without getting in too much detail from the next episodes coming up. All righty. Uh, as always, keep an eye out on our Patreon for upcoming recaps for the rest of these TV shows. Um, we will be trying to get to some of the movies that are out in theaters. I really want to hit Uncharted in some one of the upcoming episodes. Um, I think that might have moved out of theaters, unfortunately, so we might be stuck waiting a little bit for that to come to streaming. But we will catch you guys next time. And uh, everybody Thanks for having here. me on the show. Absolutely, brother. You are welcome back anytime. We'll probably get you back for finishing up uh, Foundation. I'd be happy to come back. All righty. We'll see you guys next week.